this is Chris Payne from Euclid, Ohio, and you are listening to Barbecue Central. We'll do it live. Okay. Well, do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Oh. Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. To the really big barbecue central show. This is the show that talks about all things important to the world of barbecue and grilling, originating from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio. It is the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I'm your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here. If you want to jump in on the show this evening, Via the phone, 216-220-0966. If you would rather forego the phone situation and shoot me an email, here's how you do that. You can get in touch with the show by sending an email to greg at bbqcentralshow.com or on the Twitter and Instagrams at bbqcentralshow. Everything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com. And here's what's coming up in case you didn't get the newsletter. They got sent out around noon Eastern today. Coming up in about 12 minutes from now, it is the second Tuesday of the month. And you know that's going to be a visit from the creator of the most heavily trafficked and popular barbecue and grilling website, not only in this country, but dare I say the world. It will be Meathead joining us for the 914 and 935 segments, respectively. Some things that we will be talking about include a little bit of a reintroduction to the aging of beef, and we will cover both sides of that. Wet aging and dry aging, we're probably not going to get as in-depth in the dry aging as I did at National Barbecue and Grilling Association's live broadcast when I had Jess Priles on, who had at that point, just recently dropped a huge reference paper, I guess, like over 3,000 words on dry aging specifically, talk to professors and meet scientists, experts within the industry. So certainly if you're into the dry aging craze, uh, this is a trend that I said I totally missed and whiffed on at the beginning of 2018, but certainly starting to see a surge of interest in dry aging especially at home, not necessarily just finding a butcher that would be able to help you out with that task, but doing it in your house, in your basement or climate-controlled garage or utility room. I'm not going to use that term that everybody likes to use to describe a man's place. However, you cannot deny that dry aging of beef within the home or your particular residence is starting to gain traction, and quite a bit so. So Meathead will be joining me in about 11 minutes from now to talk about dry aging, wet aging, and perhaps a number of other topics as well. We also have some Facebook questions that you guys send in over the course of the day that we'll get to as time permits. Then we'll move to the second hour. 
I think it's fun sometimes to have people on that are in the meat industry and more on a distributorships side. And tonight we will start that conversation and perhaps that might lead into a variety of different conversations with folks within that portion of the industry, different folks, if you will, that are in that meat distributorship, if you will. And I will be joined at 1014 by a guy with, uh, who is, I believe, the sales manager for one of, if not the oldest meat packaging plants in Chicago, based in Chicago. And that is Adam Bloom from Wichita Packing. Very excited to talk to Adam and get a little history about Wichita Packing, what they are specializing in when it comes to the world of barbecue meats. They are involved in some shape or fashion with barbecue contests. They do sponsor. I don't know if they sponsor teams per se, but maybe that's something that they do, and uh, maybe that's something they'll be getting into. They also have a line of rubs and some other accessory items that we're going to talk to him about as well. So that'll be second hour at 1014, Adam Bloom, and we'll run that as long as it makes sense. And then we'll probably have some open time, so if you're – Always wanting to call into the show. We have some books to win. We have Bill Gillespie's new book, Great Charcoal Grilling. Sorry, that's uh, Secrets to Great Charcoal Grilling. Also, I do have another copy of Jeff Pryle's Hardcore Carnivore book, which, again, I can sign both of those books, my name on the author's book, which is a fun little thing we started here over the last couple of years. I, I do not have to sign those books as well if you win those. I do have some Quad XL Barbecue Central Show t-shirts, official show t-shirts as well. So we are, did I say that right? Yeah, I'm sorry. Andrew Bloom, that's what I meant. Sorry, Andrew. My bad, bro. I wrote it down wrong. Oh, let me go here, make sure that I, okay, well, I wrote <laughs> I wrote it down wrong in the open, and I wrote it down correctly in his actual segment. Andrew Bloom. Andrew? Andrew, you are... Bloom from Wichita Pack. That's what's on tap this evening. All right, let me ask you a favor, especially for the podcasters. Take a few minutes now. Press pause. Go to the rate and review section of a particular platform, whether it's iOS or Android or however you do it, and rate and review the show. Be open and honest. This helps bring visibility to this here show. Also increases visibility on your platform, believe it or not. So take a few moments if you haven't already and rate, review this show. Certainly I appreciate it and I thank you in advance for your help. As we talk about podcast, if you are a podcaster only, you've noticed that we have, and we've talked about it on this show in the open for a handful of weeks, the segmentation or nuggetization of the show. And we've tried it in a number of different fashions, and I believe we have found one that will work going forward, and that is releasing our number one on Wednesdays, releasing our number two on Thursdays. And of course, the biggest topic on the show is the show itself, and I have some emails helping me solidify that thought. Here's an email from Frank Smith. Greg, longtime listener, first-time commenter. You do a great job. Love the show and how you keep it fresh and relevant. Here on the West Coast, I listen 99% via podcast. I prefer to have a a two-whole-hour show podcast. I typically listen while doing chores, smoking up a brisket or two, or just enjoying a craft beer or scotch with a fine cigar. 
hate having to queue up multiple segments in the middle of yard work. Just lazy, I guess. That's just my two cents on the subject. Again, that's Frank Smith, KCBS Master Judge. So, Frank, I thank you for weighing in on that subject. By the way, congratulations on being a KCBS Master Judge. There's quite a series of events that need to take place in order to get that designation. And then, because, as I say here on the show, I love to live in the world of contradiction. If you are a fan of this show, you know I love to say one thing and then make an argument for exactly the other thing that I just was making an argument for. I live in contradiction. This email from Jason in New Jersey. I prefer the two shows you have been releasing recently versus the one two-hour show dump. I have an hour commute each way to work. To me, it makes it feel more fresh. If you put on a two-hour show on Monday and I'm still listening two or three days later, to me, it gets old. But now I can do an hour on Wednesday and an hour on Thursday, and it's easier to consume and the content seems fresher to me. To be fair, I'm not a huge podcaster, but I wanted to give you my opinion since you had been asking for feedback. Thank you, Jason in New Jersey. So there you go. We're on the 50-50 side. Obviously, there was only one way to get the show for the longest time ever, and that was me stopping the recording of the live show here on a Tuesday, compressing, saving, and uploading to the servers, and you were getting that 120-minute dump for the last 11 years. And then I said, hey, from a downloading perspective, from a business perspective, and trying not to inconvenience the longtime listener, how can we maximize everything, get the sponsors what they want or things that I might have promised them in a forecast situation, also not break it up so much to be a big pain in the ass for the podcast listener, because the vast majority of you listen to the show on podcast, as we said time and time again here. So to me, it made sense to release one hour on Wednesday, one hour on Thursday. That's how we've been doing it for the last handful of weeks. And as the numbers track out, because I'm starting to be able to have access to these things through iPods and iTunes and iOSs and all that stuff, there hasn't been a drop-off from a listenership standpoint on percentage of consumption of the show or people just listening to it in general. So... Again, at least for the long foreseeable future, we'll be doing two independent hours. Wednesday, you'll get the first hour of the show. Thursday, you'll get the second hour of the show. And then on Friday, you will get a best of the Barbecue Central show in 10 minutes or less produced by John Solberg. So three new dumps each week. Come on. How exciting is that? Meathead coming up out of the break. Big Papa Smokers, the one-stop online shop for all things barbecue. Their curated selection of only the best outdoor cooking and grilling supplies get you on the path to better barbecue results in no time. Everything at Big Papa Smokers has been pitmaster approved by Sterling Big Papa Ball himself. From the award-winning rubs and sauces to American-made grills and smokers, Big Papa Smokers has everything you need to become a better outdoor cook. Of course, you know the championship rubs and seasonings, popular flavors like Sweet Money, Cattle Prod, Cash Cow, All proven winners on the competition circuit and in the backyard, Big Papa Smokers has 13 perfectly balanced flavors that will transform ordinary meals into extraordinary. Whether you're cooking to impress judges or grilling for your family, Big Papa Smokers award-winning rubbies and seasonings don't disappoint. Pick up a bottle today at BigPapaSmokers.com. Of course, they are the proud owner of the award-winning Granny's Barbecue Sauce. If you're looking for a new go-to barbecue sauce that will please everyone, Granny's traditional yet powerful flavors remind us why we fell in love with barbecue in the first place. 
Find Granny's Barbecue and other top-rated barbecue sauces at BigPapaSmokers.com. And aside from their premium selection of rubs and sauces, Big Papa Smokers offers the very best pellet, charcoal, and wood cookers available on the market today. For instance, maybe you're looking for a versatile cooker that's easy to use. Check out the Mac 2-Star General Pellet Grill. Big Papa Smokers is the exclusive Mac dealer and even offers special packages that nobody else is offering. If you're not a fan of the pellet smokers, no problem. Take a look at the Old Hickory Ace BP, the only charcoal smoker that Big Papa trusts on his competition trailer. And if you're a backyard barbecue enthusiast like me, looking for a durable and versatile grill that will last forever, the M Grill from Texas is just what you need. They're built like tanks. If you're not sure of what grill you might need, you really can't go wrong with any of the grills or smokers featured on BigPapaSmokers.com. They have something for every kind of backyard cooking budget. Check out their website today and shop their full selection. So here's the deal. We know that Big Papa Smokers is the place to go for all things barbecue. Every product featured on their website, hand-selected to help you barbecue better. So if you have any questions, you call them at 877-828-0727. That's 877-828-0727. Or shop the website, BigPapaSmokers.com. That's B-I-G-P-O-P-P-A Smokers.com. Meathead from AmazingRibs.com. Coming up out of the break. Stick around. We'll be right back. Live from the Barbecue Central Show Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. Welcome back. This portion of the show is being brought to you by Butcher Barbecue, makers of award-winning injections, marinades, rubs, seasonings, barbecue sauces, and grilling oils. All of Butcher Barbecue products have been tested on the competition circuit as well as on the backyard. Be the pit master and king of the cul-de-sac in your neighborhood. Visit ButcherBBQ.com and stock up now. Always, always, always trust your butcher. All right, joining me now is the every second Tuesday of the month for as long as I can remember. You might know him as the creator and master and overall purveyor of the most heavily trafficked barbecue and grilling website on the face of the earth. I just call him friend. Meathead Goldwood. Hey, Meathead. Hey, Greg. Hello, Centralites. Hey, look what I got. Hold on a second here. Look at this. Look at this guy. Meathead, Meathead unprovoked with a can of Prime Injection. Look at you. Product placement. I you really. I just did it. My I, I just did a Wagyu brisket uh, over the weekend. <clears throat> Kentucky Derby weekend. We had yeah. a bunch of friends over. <clears throat> we have one of these little. Uh, Dining clubs, uh, oh. four couples from the neighborhood, everybody within walking distance because there's lots of alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I uh, ordered up some of uh, Butcher Barbecue, uh, their uh, injection for my brisket, and uh, I rubbed it up with uh, uh, some of Big Papa's uh, rubs. So uh, I'm, I'm like... I use your sponsors. I appreciate that. Did you use cash cow or cattle or uh, the the steak rub or what did you? What's your secret? Yes, I use that on steak too. It's very good. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I'm just starting to play with them. You know, I tell people on my website, don't buy rubs because right. there's so much salt in it. And you pay a lot of money for salt. Plus, I want you to add salt and rub separately because right. Right. salt you base on the weight of the meat and rub you base on the surface. But I really like what Sterling Ball is doing out there. And so many good chefs that I know, uh, competition cooks, are using his rubs and sauces. I figure, well, all right, I'll try it. Might so, as well uh, try it and see what everybody's talking about, right? Yeah, yeah it's pretty good stuff, actually. I, I got to admit, I think I'm going to take it, send it up to the lab and try to figure out how we did it. There you go. <laughs> yeah, reverse engineer. Meathead, are you a fan of injecting? I know I, maybe we've never had this conversation before. I know with the pitmasters, that I talk to each and every week. It's almost mandated at this point. And I was just telling Ray Lampy last week, you know, I remember the first time I ever did the brisket round table. It was Eddie, a uh, fast Eddie from uh, the, the guy that makes mm-hmm. the cook shacks, the FEC. Yeah, Ray yeah. Lampy. It was Leanne Whippin from then Woodchicks barbecue. She's mm-hmm. kind of floating around your general area still, I believe in the Chicago land oh. area. And then Jim Minion, who was credited with the minion method. If people yeah. don't know who Jim Minion is, I mean, do a little I do a little research on how you probably light your charcoal cookers and that's oh, yeah, the way you did it. I mean he kind of wrote the book on that whole thing. So Yeah. Uh, they, they didn't. They weren't injecting. Maybe Jim was injecting for catering jobs only for bigger yield, but nobody else in that round table was injecting brisket and barely any of them were injecting pork butts. Fast forward to twenty eighteen and people are laughing at you if you're not doing both of them, I don't hardly know anybody that's not doing both of them at this point. But from a home perspective, that's it. That's is it is it worth it? Should you be doing it, and why or why not? Well, um, virtually all the competition teams do because there's big money, and you're spending a lot of money. I mean, yeah. you're buying a wagyu brisket, you're spending over two hundred bucks on a brisket, yeah. Um, and you're you may be cooking two of them, um, so. You're, you've got 400 bucks plus your entry fee plus the you know the, all the pork butts and the ribs and the chicken and if there's a special dessert category you, you, and you know you just spent and plus your gas mileage yeah Sterling Ball told me that you know he says he says it's becoming a rich man sport oh yeah uh, it used to be a backyard guys but they all inject now and one of the reasons they inject is that what's in the injections really works there's um, uh, stuff that, well, there's MSG, among other things. Phosphates. And, uh, MSG, you know, it, it has a bad name for the, for no reason. It should not. MSG is umami. MSG works. MSG doesn't make anyone sick. Um, can you get a, can you get a headache from MSG? Um, it, it, it has never been shown in controlled laboratory tests. People say they do, yeah. but when they're brought into a lab and they're served different pieces of meat, some with and some without, uh, there's no definitive data that shows that anybody gets a headache or any kind. You know, Jeffrey Steingarten, the great food writer, said, yep. you know, um, how come everybody in China doesn't have a headache? Yeah, right. You know, I mean, it, it's used all over the world. You like Doritos? No, I don't. But that doesn't mean that I, I like MSG. By the way, I don't. I don't mind it. Doritos is loaded with MSG, and and that's the ultimate. You know, the next time somebody says, "Oh, I can't eat MSG," it, it makes me sick. Hand them a bag of Doritos, and if they don't get sick, then they're just it's it, it's a superstition. 
something about the Chinese food or the Thai food may not agree with him, yeah. but it's not the MSG. Hmm. It occurs naturally in many foods, Parmigiano-Reggiano. It occurs in um, tomatoes and mushrooms. And we're going to talk about tonight's topic. Uh, aged beef has, yeah. an, has, has, has glutamate, which is the umami compound <laughs> that's in MSG, monosodium glutamate. It has glutamate in it. So it's, you know, there is zero data from a good research lab that shows it can get you sick. Now, I'm sure in the audience tonight, I'm not seeing the comments yet. <laughs> There's somebody going to type, oh, no, you're full of shit, buddy. Yeah, uh, yeah. It makes me sick every time. You know, volunteer for a lab test, and uh, it'll be very hard to prove. And you'll get on uh, you'll get on AmazingRib.com website <laughs> if you're proven to be the only guy that is controlled testing getting headaches from MSG, right? No, I mean, they, they, they use it in these injections, and you don't hear judges going, oh, I can't judge anymore. I got a headache. Um, it's in all the injections. Uh, so your question about injecting, I think... Even for home use, even if you just inject with a little beef broth, um, beef broth, especially if it's got sodium in it, salt denatures protein. It helps the protein hold on to moisture. It can add flavor. You're putting extra water in there. You're going to cook this brisket for 8, 12 hours. It needs all the water it can get. A little, a little salted uh, beef, beef broth is, is, is not going to hurt. It's going to help. But if you want to get, um, there's there's about six different injections out there, and your sponsor, Butcher Barbecue, is very famous for their injections, and they win themselves, and many there many teams that use their products win. Um, that that would be a good one. But just beef broth will work. Um, I don't mess with injecting ribs or pork butt. Pork butt's got a lot more fat in it than a brisket, and it's a lot more forgiving. And I just don't think it needs it. If I was competing, I would. I mean, I you you want every little inch that you can get when you're competing. Meathead joining me from AmazingRibs.com. So let's dive into the topic at hand, which is aging of beef. Now, is it fair to say that while beef aging obviously has been around for quite some time, that the interest from the layman standpoint, you, me, the centralite public has seen an uptick of sorts. I see it all the time being referenced in social media anymore. And here's the emerging trend that I missed at the beginning of the year, of course. And that's the interest from the home-based live fire cook. You know, 12 years ago, it was home brewing. Three years ago or so, it was distilling liquor at home. Now it's dry aging beef at home. I mean, Cripes Meathead, we can drink our own beer and liquor <laughs> and perfectly cook our own dry aged beef. Quite an evolution, don't you think? Yeah, you know, and, and, and it has been around for centuries. Yeah. There's actually evidence of Egyptian uh, royal couples who were into aging beef, and uh, there's a um, uh, evidence that uh, some were even buried with their beef ribs uh, that they had been <laughs> aging. So I, I, it is definitely catching on, and I think one of the reasons it's catching on is that there have been a number of Kickstarter and crowdfunding projects for beef aging products. Yep. And um, uh, I've had a chance to look at a few of them. Um, I'm, and uh, yeah, I mean, restaurants, I have a grocer nearby who has a beef aging locker. You can buy a gadget for a restaurant, uh, for a, um, a, a grocery store 
that's a little bigger than a regular refrigerator, has an all-glass front, and you can put meat on the shelves, and it's temperature and humidity controlled, and my butcher keeps beef primals in there, and you can go in there and order, you know, a ribeye steak that's 28 days dry-aged uh, right there on the premise. So we're seeing more and more of that, and I think the, there's interest in it. There's one thing that we got, we got to state before we get into this All deeply, right. All right. and that is you got to, before you start trying it, you've got to taste the product. Dry-aged beef. Now, well, all right, let, all right, let me back, rewind. Wet-aged beef first. Let me talk about that because it's a quick, quick story. Then we'll get into dry-aged. Okay. Wet-aged beef is beef that has been packed in what they call cryovac. It's a, it's a plastic bag that has all the oxygen removed. And that's typical packing from the slaughterhouse for things like brisket or beef primals, which is where the... Um, uh, the uh, ribeye primal comes from, or the uh, 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 the other big hunks of meat. Uh, they put them in this vacuum-packed plastic bag. Um, uh, the first one was by a company called Cryovac. They're called generically Cryovac, but they're not always made by the same company. So we'll call them Cryovacs. Um, and when you store meat in the fridge in the Cryovac, um, what happens is is enzymes in the meat. The meat, the animal is dead, but the enzymes are capable of continuing to act, and they break down um, connective tissue, fat, protein, and they alter its structure and they tenderize the meat. Now, when you age it in cryovac, um, all this happens, and there's no moisture lost. Um, and in, a lot of brisket cooks swear that you have to buy your brisket 28 days before the competition and dry age it for 28 days, or wet age it for 28 days. It makes a difference in the tenderness. Um, and that, that is not uncommon. And you can get wet aged meat. A lot, a lot of better butchers actually keep 28 day wet aged meat around. Mm. That's fairly common. And it's not a lot more expensive than fresh cut beef. Now, dry aging is a different story. Dry aging, they cut it out of the bag. They put it in this temperature and humidity controlled atmosphere. And what happens is the surface dries out. It forms a crust. Sometimes it'll even get moldy. Yeah. Bacteria, mold will attack it. It will dehydrate slightly, not a lot. People seem to think it can lose a lot of weight by moisture, but it doesn't. This crust seals in the moisture, um, and it, 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 the enzymes really go to work on it, and it alters the flavor. And for the first 7, 14, 20 days, you really don't notice a flavor difference, but it will get more tender. When you start getting up to 28, 45, 60, 75 days, the flavor changes drastically. Mm you get a really significant difference in flavor. And you better make sure you like that flavor before you do it. Because you can go out and spend three, 400 bucks on a ribeye primal and age it 45 days and discover that it doesn't taste like beef anymore. And it doesn't taste like any animal you've ever had. It's starting to taste like mushrooms oh. or cheeses or prosciutto. 
and not everybody likes that. So what I recommend you do is you find a restaurant that sells dry-aged beef. Maybe they have different days. Um, here in Chicago, David Burke's Prime House has their own aging locker. It's a big one, too. And they sell 28, 45, 60, and 75. Hmm. And uh, we had a really major technical problem that we solved. And I took all my tech team there for dinner one night. And we ordered one of each and shared them around the table. And yep. it was really an interesting tasting. That kind of thing, it's expensive, really opens your eyes. Um, and uh, it's a lot of fun. So make sure, first of all, you like the flavor before you go about trying to do it yourself. All right. <clears throat> now, purchasing aged beef can cost a lot of money. It can be double to triple the price of regular beef, even prime. Um, so uh, there is a motivation to do it yourself. Uh, if you do it yourself, you can save a lot of money. Sure. But it ain't easy. Um, you really need to have a refrigerator set aside just for this purpose. First of all, you don't want to try to dry age one or two steaks. Alton Brown did it on TV. Several people, Dr. Blonder, who works with us, you know, he's the scientist that has done a lot of advice with us. I've tried it. Um, Kenji Lopez-Alt over at Sirius Eats has tried it. Um, there's a lot of drying and crust formed, and by the time you carve it away, there's not much meat left. Mm. It's not worth the effort to dry age a few steaks individually, but it is worth the effort to buy a rib primal, which is, you know, uh, maybe 20 pounds of meat or so, <clears throat> or more, <clears throat> and dry age that, because when you're done trimming it, the total loss isn't that bad, and you've got to trim it. The exterior can get quite black, can get some mold on it. You want to get rid of all that. And when you age it, you leave the fat layer on. Um, so you want to remove the fat layer after it's done aging before you cook. Uh, and it really alters the flavor of the meat. And it's an interesting flavor, and it's not for everybody. And as you have said, it takes till about, what, that 28th or that 30th day for the flavor to really start trending in an opposite direction. Otherwise, it's more of a tenderness game than anything else. Yeah, it can get really funky. And, and, and some people really like that. I mean, it took me forever when I was coming up to learn to like stinky cheeses. Yeah. Um, I still haven't gotten friendly with stinky cigars. I just can't get close to stinky cigars. They just don't do anything for me. And I know a lot of people who are great food lovers who just can't get accustomed to aged beef. For me, 28 day is the ideal. It still tastes like beef, but it's a little more concentrated in flavor, definitely more tender, <clears throat> and it's absolutely wonderful. Uh, but, you know, it's like I've done beef tastings where I've just gone out and bought USDA Choice, USDA Prime, Wagyu, and real Kobe beef. <clears throat> and I've served the four of them side by side mm. to a table full of people. And I almost always come down on USDA Prime. Really? I mean, Kobe is absolutely, unbelievably spectacular. But I can't eat more than three or four or five mouths full. I can't eat a whole big steak full of it. It just, 
incredibly intense. Same thing goes for the aged beef. It's just really intense. So for me, USDA Prime 28, that's the best I can get. Um, I love that. But getting beyond that, it's too much for me. So I don't age beef very much at home. Do you have a whole do you have a whole setup at your house? Do you have a dedicated refrigerator and all that stuff? Well, I do when I was researching this. Yeah. Um I I have a spare fridge in the basement. Uh, usually it's for beer or, you know, uh, people keep sending me barbecue sauces and so I got barbecue sauces and beer and uh when um uh, the Vidalia onions come in, I throw them in there and so I just cleared it out, and you. I, I took a uh, a sheet pan and put some uh, rock salt in it because <clears throat> it absorbs um, moisture, and uh, it was running very very humid in there. And then I put um, a wire rack on top, and I bought a USDA Prime rib primal yep. and laid that on top. Um, I got a fan that runs a computer. It's, you know, a little box fan. It's maybe four inches by four inches. You put that in there because you want to move the air around. It's like convection airflow. You want to get that bubble of moist air that surrounds the meat off the meat. So you want airflow around it. Um, and um, I put a thermometer in there and I put a, um, a humidifier in I, I, I a, a, a gadget that measures humidity in there. And I, you know, tracked it and aged it, and it, it turned out pretty good. But, uh, you know, if it goes wrong, you've wasted <laughs> a lot of money. And it can go wrong. Yeah. I mean, you know, if people keep opening and closing it and bacteria get in there or the temperature, the, the, if the power goes off and the temperature gets out of control, you got to keep it under 40 degrees, under 38 is ideal. The humidity thing is an interesting question. There's a lot of debate about how crucial the humidity is. Mm -hmm. um, there's some really interesting research that says don't worry about it. Um, uh, we've tried it at different humidities, and it all turns out the same. Who's the research? Uh, who's doing the research? Um, uh, uh, Doctor uh, Savile Savile at uh, Texas A and M. All right. Uh, um, among others. Uh, I don't know if he's actually done the research. I read a quote from him. Actually, I may have it handy. Um, and, uh, Kenji Lopez-Alt has done it. Um, yeah, here we go. It's a, pay, uh, a 2008 technical paper on aging beef by Professor Jeff W. Savile, PhD, Texas A&M. Quote, there are no published studies, now this is in 08, that have compared the effects of different relative humidity levels on dry-aged beef, mm. and it appears the studies in this area have used a relative humidity of approximately 80% with considerable range wow. around that number. Really? Um, Kenji Lopez-Alt has an article on aging beef at home on Serious Eats, and he says he's done comparison testing um, for beef aged at different humidities, and the tasters couldn't tell a difference. All right, but you do um, not have constant chunks of meat in your aging fridge cycling in and out at all various times. We couldn't just show up at Meathead's house and get a dry-aged T-bone or no, ribeye. No, it came down to in one hand beef, Yeah. in the other hand beer. B-E-E-F B-E-E-R and the R1. <laughs> Victory for the beer! I get it.
All right, Meathead. Uh, i got to change my name. I'm no longer Meathead. I'm Beerhead. Beerhead. All right, uh, Beerhead. Stand by. We'll be right back, and then we'll get into some of the Facebook questions here in just one second. I'm going to quickly talk to you about one of the newer sponsors of the show, Traeger Grills. You know, behind every great meal is a great grill, but not just any grill. A Traeger grill, and the Timberline is Traeger's most advanced grill yet. It allows you to grill, smoke, bake, roast, braise, and barbecue like a pro no matter what your level. Thanks to its incredible wood fire taste. Seriously, you don't know flavor till you're cooking with it. Traeger grills use all-natural hardwood pellets as fuel, so you're literally cooking with flavor. From low and slow smoked ribs to a seared steak and even a baked apple pie, Traegers can handle it all. And the Traeger Timberline makes it even easier thanks to the Wi-Fi capability. You can check on your cooks, kick up temperatures, and set custom cook cycles anytime, anywhere, all right from your smartphone through the Traeger app. In fact, I need to go check my brisket right now. Find one at your local Traeger dealer or check them out online at TraegerGrills.com. How about this? Want to beef up your barbecue game? That's right. Traeger Shop Class is going on from coast to coast, bringing barbecue knowledge and amazing wood-fired food everywhere they go. Taught by professional pitmasters like Doug Scheiding from Rogue Smokers and Danielle Bennett from DivaQ. You know her. Chad Ward, the guy from Meat Church. You know those guys. They're all those pitmasters that are teaching these shop classes. You'll take home all the skills you need to reach barbecue glory. Find a shop class near you and sign up today. You can say hi to Matt Pittman and take some of his really cool stuff home. Plus a Traeger Grill. TraegerGrills.com slash shop class or TraegerGrills.com to check out those cookers. Meathead and I will weigh in on your Facebook questions right after this. Stick around. Be right back. Ready to get on the air? Call 216-220-0966. Now, let's get back to the LeBron James of Barbecue Talk. Craig Rampey. This portion of the show being brought to you by CookinPellets.com, your number one source for quality wood pellets for all your pellet-driven cookers. Visit CookinPellets.com for more information or to purchase. You can also visit Amazon.com to purchase as well. If you're not following them on social media and or other venues, you're missing out because they're constantly introducing new flavors of pellets as well. Apple mash was the one that really caught my eye as of late. But uh, we'll have Chris Becker on here at some point sooner than later to see what else is happening in the world of pellets. Cookingpellets.com. In the meantime, Beerhead joins me from amazingribs.com uh, all right meathead so anything do we want to close out on on the the aging of beef whether it's wet or dry before we move on to the facebook questions yeah there's a couple of questions and actually here's a facebook question on the subject the able cbj yep um uh asked about uh, can you age beef ribs and um one of the problems you have is is during the process it forms a crust it's like a bark yep I mean, when you're cooking meat, your bark is essentially dried meat. It's like jerky. Your humidity has evaporated. That's what causes the stall. We've talked about that. Um, and you get this dry crust. And, and, and you get the same thing when you're dry aging. You get this crust, only you have to remove it. It, it can be um, bacterial or moldy, and it's just gut, but ugly. Now, um, I know a, a restaurant that actually trims that off and then they sort through it and pick the best and grind it and make burgers out of it and they're god awful good 
but it generally it's discarded, and that's one of the reasons dry-aged beef is so expensive. Mm. So if you dry-aged beef ribs, you're going to trim off maybe a quarter inch. That's not going to leave a lot of meat. So I don't, I mean, it might work. It might be good. Do the plate but, ribs if you're going to do it, right? Yeah. Give yourself. Well, some of the other things that happen when you dry age is because of dehydration, there's not a lot, but maybe 5%, 10%, the ratio of fat to muscle goes up. More fat, more flavor. Um, fat can oxidize, which changes the profile of the fat flavors. Um, you get the tenderization. Um, the protein is altered by the enzymes. So a lot of chemistry is going on. A lot of things are happening. And uh, as a result, you end up with something that often doesn't taste like uh, beef at all. Mm. Uh, so uh, the other thing I wanted to mention is there are a bunch of products on the market that are supposed to help with aging. Most best known is something called Umai, uh, yeah. which is a, it's a bag, right? semi-permeable bag that you put the meat in. And um, uh, uh, some people swear by it. Some people swear at it. It's very difficult to seal the bag, and you really almost have to buy their sealer. Your standard, the one you use for sous vide or whatever, may not work. Mm. The bags are expensive, um, and it's a different process because of the 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 bag performs differently than if the meat is out in the air. Um, there's a product called the steak ager, which is a, a plastic box that goes in your fridge. You want to be careful about doing this in your regular fridge because the meat can absorb fragrances and flavors from other products in right. there like onions. And it can also stay, I mean, it can get kind of smelly, so it can impart flavors on other things in the fridge. Um, there's a product called the steak locker, which is a small, like a dorm fridge. Uh, designed specifically for this purpose, around 1500 bucks, and it's got a UV light in there to kill bacteria, which, you know, might be a good idea, but maybe you want some of that bacteria. I haven't tested all these. Um, I've asked Professor Blonder if he can get into it with me, um, but he's been really busy with a bunch of other stuff, um, uh, and we haven't gotten around to it yet. Um, you know, the technique I described earlier works. Um, just get yourself a dorm fridge or a spare fridge, clear out just about everything else, um, put the meat on a wire rack, control the temperature, um, and uh, it, it should work. Just be careful about opening and closing and introducing a lot of bacteria and mold and make sure you don't lose power. All right, Meathead is here from AmazingRibs.com. we got some Facebook questions here if you want to go ahead and tackle some of those. First yeah. one is from Steve Ray. This is not necessarily barbecue or grilling related, but I think he's just looking for your opinion here. The other day I was baking potatoes, and when I pulled them out of the oven when they were done, just out of curiosity, I pinned one with my thermopen and noticed yeah. it was 210 degrees. Yeah. At the same temp when I would normally pull a pork butt or a brisket or as they would be mm -hmm. traditionally marked as done. Do you find that surprising, or is that just what you would expect? Just what I would expect, but really? that's only because I'm an obsessive and I've been doing these tests, and so has Professor Blonder. Um, at 208, the uh, potato is a little crunchy, sort of al dente. At 210, it's um, softer, and at 212, you can actually get it up to 212, um, and it can get very fluffy, and uh, it's a matter of your preference. 
And um, temping a baked potato is just as good an idea as temping chicken or a steak <laughs> to know when it's done. Figure out what temp you like. You don't have to work by the clock. I mean, how many? Same thing as everything else. You throw the potatoes in the oven and you give it an hour. You pull them out and you serve them, and they're hard as a rock. Yeah. Or, well, so, uh, so temp your potatoes. Uh, figure out what temperature you like best. Uh, start at 208. And what you could do is, is one day when it doesn't matter, just throw a tater in the oven, and when it hits 208, pull it out, cut a wedge off, and taste it. See whether you like that or not. Put it back in, pull it out at 210, taste it. But absolutely, um, 208 to 212 is your window for potatoes, and uh, it works. Well, if you're a fireboard owner and you're a potato lover, yeah. load out the fireboard with internal meat probes. You can uh -huh. get up to six, I believe. It's either six or eight. And then just yeah. jam eight <laughs> potatoes in there and start taking them to various internal temperatures. Next thing you know, we're going to, in two years from now, Meathead, we're going to be talking about how you take your baked potato to 175 internal foil it with uh, juice yeah, yeah, and you start yeah, injecting yeah. potatoes and all, we're, we've started a new trend that we're going to see butt out here in the next three or four years, but that's very interesting. You stuff. know, I reverse sear potatoes on the grill. Um, I will take a potato, slice it in half, um, get it wet, um, sprinkle salt, let the salt penetrate, dry brine, let it sit for an hour or so. The salt will go right down in there. Wonderful. It also helps dry the uh, skin. Uh, then I'll uh, oil it lightly, sprinkle it with a rub. I use my Memphis dust, which has got a little sugar and a bunch of other good stuff in it. Start it out on the indirect side. Um, it starts to get a little crusty. Um, even the cut edge gets a nice crust on it. And then finish it over direct heat just to really get that skin crunchy. I love potato skin. Wow. And, uh, it's, and bring it up to 210 to 212. Fantastic. It's fantastic. All right, next question is from a guy that you had mentioned in the first segment, Sterling Ball, and his question is, is temperature, is it, well, okay, hold on. Let me learn how to read first. Is temp more important than feel when cooking barbecue? Now, let me let me answer that first before you delve into it. And here's what I think. I think, A, you need a thermometer, and you use feel in correlation with what that thermometer is telling you, so you know how certain temperatures feel on the meat and you can to me you can never go to me uh temperatures are merely guidelines and ultimately once we're safe you know in safety ranges of temperatures you're using that thing to uh give probe tenderness now that could be 207 it could be 212 it could be 215 but you're now you're that's where the feel comes from in my opinion I think you're absolutely right, and I know that Sterling will agree with you. I'm going to make a confession to the world here. Oh, dear. Uh, hold on. Hold on. A Barbecue Central Show exclusive Meathead's news giving a confession. Update. All right, Meathead, go ahead. There's a hell of a lot I still don't know about barbecue. <laughs> and um, I, when I can't figure something out, Sterling is one of the first people I call. Smart, one of the smartest guys. He, he really knows his stuff. For sure. He really knows how to cook. Um, and, uh, he carries great products and, uh, I cooked a, my first Wagyu brisket. I mean, I'm a backyard cook. Yeah. Don't buy Wagyu briskets at 250 bucks a pop very often. Well, I don't ever. Yeah. And I wanted to for our little dinner party the other day. And, um, I was, it turned out great, but it was just a little plat, uh, 
elasticy. It wasn't quite. And I called him, and he and he said, "Well, I know why you were going by temp and not by feel." Now I know I listened to that brisket roundtable you did ten years ago, <laughs> yeah. and the, Eddie Morin was talking about the wubba wubba. Yeah. So I know all about this, but I was just reluctant to push it that much further. And uh, um, Sterling was talking about because he competes and he wins, um, and he was talking about with Wagyu, you really have to use feel. And uh, you just can't rely on the thermometer as much. And uh, I think he's right. I think he's absolutely right. And, um, and of course, that's wonderful. That's the artistry um, uh, of, 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 of cooking as opposed to the science. And uh, I love that because that's the theme of my next book, uh, The Art of Barbecue and Grilling. All right, next question from Buddy King. And he wants us to talk a little bit about grilling fish, red snapper. Mm. recipes, techniques. Don't ever hear you guys talking about grilling fish. Now, uh, you just had a revelation. Now it's my turn. A Barbecue Central <clears throat> Show exclusive news update. Right, uh, Greg Rampey reporting from the breaking news desk here in Cleveland, Ohio with a revelation. Uh, I hate fish. That's why you don't hear me talking about it. It's, uh, it's a pretty bold revelation. Probably not a lot of people saw it except for Meathead, but I just don't get into it. I, now, shellfish, you know, lobster, crab legs, scrimps, all that stuff. No problem. All day long, twice on Sunday. But, I, I mean, I'll have tilapia, but under oh. under protest. And I believe that's like the worst fish you can eat. But that's really the only oh, one that I can that. really kind of stomach. But even, even that or, or maybe uh, some orange roughy. But, again, under protest. And I say it with peace and love to the fish lovers, but that's why you don't hear me talking about it, because I just don't right, like well, it. First of all, Greg, where do you live? Cleveland, Ohio, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city. How far is it to the nearest ocean? Well, we got a little ways to go yet. Mm, and uh, where are you born? 11 hours. New York. And, oh, really? Yeah, upstate New York, that's uh, right. Oh, really? Uh, well, um, fish is really... Um, it, 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 it is absolutely at its best within hours of when it's caught. Hmm. So you, it, it deteriorates rapidly as you leave it sit, even in the fridge. It yeah. has to be kept on ice. Um, the wet ice keeps it moist. Um, and um, getting it to Cleveland or where I am in Chicago is almost a guarantee of one or two or three days from the day it's caught, and it is just going to deteriorate. Number two, orange ruffy and tilapia are nice fish. They're common fish. They're easy to find in groceries. They're not great fish. Yeah. Um, I mean, in my book, um, a Chilean sea bass is the best fish on on the market. Um, I it, it's a it's a white flaky fish. If you get it, it's usually really fresh because people who carry it don't screw around with it, and it's really expensive. It can be thirty bucks a pound. Um, it's usually about two inches thick. Um, and what I love to do with it, and if you can try some of this, I'll underwrite it. I'll pay for the cost of the fish. <laughs> okay. you, you, I want you to do. I want you to get a gas grill. Got one. And and put. Grill grates on it. Got one. Get a handful of pellets. Well, we're going to CPS oh, it, right? Those. We're going to CPS uh, it? 
you're gonna right right uh, close proximity smoking right that's your turn you're gonna throw pellets in between the bars on the grill grates and grill grates by the way folks is not just any old grill grate it's a mat it's a, it's a it's a product right the brand made extruded aluminum yep and you're gonna put you're gonna get your um, uh, Chilean sea bass or a swordfish or something like that you're gonna salt it an hour or so before cooking um, and if you want, you can sprinkle it with some herbs. Tarragon is really a great one for seafood. And you're going to put it on those grill grates, and you're going to cook it to 125, no more than 130. Mm. And I want you to taste that, and if you don't see God, mm. something is wrong. All right, well, I also... And I will pay for this experience. All right, I, I'll take you up on that. I was told similar things by Stephen Reichlin as it related to uh, salmon caviar, or... Uh, what is it called? Salmon row or I went to uh, whole foods and he's like, yeah, you know, don't bother with that. Uh, the sturgeon stuff that costs like a thousand dollars an ounce or anything. He's like, go get the salmon. It's really good. And he was using all sorts of sexual references. If you can believe it, but then also said, it, you know, it, pair it with ice cold vodka and it would really enhance the overall flavor that you were experiencing. Not a, at that point, I wasn't a really big vodka drinker regardless of if it was ice cold or room temperature or somewhere in between and i don't know it was okay but i like to try new things so if this is that good i'm i'll certainly give it a this whirl this is better i swear to you it's better i appreciate what he's talking about but caviar of any sort is kind of like liver you either <laughs> love it or you hate it it's yeah. kind of like aged beef you either yeah. love it or you hate it it's an acquired taste I, this is not an acquired taste. This huh. is going to be, oh, my God, it's like butter. It's like honey. It melts in your mouth, and that little bit of smoke, it'll actually turn that white flesh yep. slightly golden. A little patina. A golden glow to it. Yep. Um, but fresh seafood, the, the key to seafood, fish of any sort, dead fresh. The fresher you can get it, the better. You got to pay for it to be flown in if you're in the middle of the country. Um, freshwater fish are nice, but they're usually not as good as saltwater fish. The, my favorite fish come from cold climates where they have more fat. Go ahead, play your drop. Fat! Fat! Um, fat is flavor, as we've discussed before. Um, things like salmon. Um, uh, 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 so you know just yeah absolutely adore fish i'm i'm stuck here in chicago i was raised on the coast of yep, florida right, right. i was raised with a fishing rod in my hand um i've caught marlin and swordfish i once sailed with some friends from key west to the middle of the gulf of mexico to the dry tortugas Jeez. And caught a 55-pound mahi-mahi and ate it that night along with the roe. I mean, there's just nothing like it once you get it really fresh and how to cook it. All right. So and, and, and 130 is the max you want to push it. All right, 130. Uh, I'll report back. I'll try and get it done here before the next time we uh, reemerge on the second Tuesday of the month, which will be June at that point. In the meantime, you can— Chilean yep. sea bass— is different than any other kind of sea bass. So don't just buy any. Yeah. Although other sea bass is very good. Chilean, Chilean is what I'm shooting. Unique. The silver oak of fish. Also, I'll go ahead and shoot for that. Yes, the silver yeah. oak. In the meantime, fish. you can check out Meathead at AmazingRibs.com. Check out the 
uh, newly released best of buys on grills and smokers of all various kinds. So, Meathead, always appreciate the time, and we'll see you again in June. Yeah, Greg, always fun to talk to you in the Central Lights. I'm going to go check and see if there are any questions I can answer. All and, right. Uh, uh, hey, say hello to Andrew Bloom. He's a good friend, and I he will. really knows his meat. I can't wait. All right, there is Meathead from AmazingRibs.com. That's right. All guests appear via the Traeger Grills hotline. Yummy. So I will be looking forward to talking with Andrew. I'll also be looking forward to trying out the Chilean Sea Bass Challenge. Is that what we're calling it? The 2018 Chilean Sea Bass Challenge. Hashtag Chilean Sea Bass Challenge. I don't know. We'll see. Attention, folks in the barbecue business. I'm going to talk to you about Southside Market and Barbecue. Established in 1882, Southside Market and Barbecue is the oldest barbecue joint in Texas and has been owned and operated by the same family for three generations. They offer premium Central Texas barbecue products smoked over real Texas post oak wood. Shipping, distributing, manufacturing sausages for companies across the U.S. From food trucks to multi-chain restaurants, Southside Sausage can be on your menu too. All meats are processed in their on-site USDA inspected facility, a trusted partner with a focus on quality and more importantly, authenticity. Wholesale options available. Shipping nationwide via the FedEx. Food service distribution via Cisco. U.S. Foods and Martin Foods. Co-packaging capable from research and development to package completion. We can follow your recipe or we can help you develop something brand new. Let me talk to you about something that's really amazing. Private label opportunities. They are also available. Not familiar with what private labeling is? Well, let's just say I wanted to make a brand of Barbecue Central beef sausage. But I didn't want to spend the time developing recipes, testing, bringing it to retail, blah, 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 all that stuff. I just know I want to add a great beef sausage to my product's portfolio. I'm going to pick up the phone or I'm going to visit southsidemarket.com and put in a request to talk to somebody about private labeling. They're already successful and world-famous beef sausage. And now maybe I can call it the Barbecue Central Show's beef sausage extraordinaire. That's private labeling. Easy. They sell product, I'm selling product, creating a revenue stream, or putting it in my restaurant or my food truck under my name, my brand. It's great. Check out southsidemarket.com for more information. Now, here's the payoff. 10% coupon code for online orders only. When you use code BBQ Central, all one word, BBQ Central, you get 10% off all online orders. Visit southsidemarket.com. That's southsidemarket.com. And we're back to wrap the first hour. Stick around. Be right back. Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue. It's the Barbecue Central Show. All right. Welcome back. We are quickly racing to get the first hour wrapped up here. Thanks again to Meathead. From AmazingRibs.com talking about aging in general. Some wet aging, a lot of dry aging stuff. Uh, It might be worth your while to dig back through the archives of last month and grab that dry aging profile that we did with Jess Pryles when we were live at the National Barbecue and Grilling's IM Barbecue 2018 in Dallas-Fort Worth. That was the second week of March, I believe. So I I guess you got to go back two months at this point since we're in May. But that was 
a great visit with her live. Plus, now you have Meathead's input. Figure out if you want to try it at home or if you want to make a relationship with somebody that's doing it or find a restaurant that does it. Taste first. That's what Meathead said. Just said similarly the same thing. All right, we're back to start the second hour. Stick around. We'll be right back. <laughs> 